are back. Hello, everyone. My name is Julius. I'm Brian. Brian is here to talk about some DC stuff, the DCEU. We are on the journey mm -hmm. to the Snyder Cut. It is coming yes. out soon. I hope everyone is excited. Uh, now, I know what you're thinking. Why am I wearing a ridiculous hat uh, on camera? Well, I've worn this hat on camera several times, especially during a very specific review mm. that I did a couple years ago with Angel. And said review was for a film that we just got out of that night. And that film was, hold on, I got to set it up, <laughs> The Suicide Squad. Ooh, yes. Right. Look at that group. Yes, this is a group of sorts. Look at that unit. Yeah. So we are here to talk about The Suicide Squad. It is their turn to be discussed within the journey to the DCEU's Zack Snyder's Justice League. So before anything, Brian... Before anything, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Just a little bit tired, but pretty good. Okay. I just want to make sure you're okay before we have to go to battle. <laughs> make sure you're well rested. Of course, yes. Uh, I'm Our doing fine. ideas well. on this film. <laughs> of course. Of course. Before you get your ass whooped, you got to make sure it's tender. Of course. Now, uh, the Suicide Squad is obviously a team that is risen in the ranks of popularity of DC and their catalog of characters plus teams. Uh, the Suicide Squad was not really the most known team before certain projects came out, like, for instance, the Batman Assault on Arkham animated film, which was a film that was about the Suicide Squad set within the Batman Arkham game universe. It's a really cool animated film that I recommend to everyone. Brian, have you seen that? Oh, yes, I have. Oh, so many times. It's really great. It's really great. I'm mean, Like, I was actually shocked. I was like, yes, yes, yes. This is what we need in, in the live action film. You know, this, mm -hmm. this is exactly what it is. I feel like that was a great introduction for most people mm -hmm. of the Suicide Squad, unless they were reading comics. Uh, they were watching certain shows like mm -hmm. the Justice League Unlimited series where we didn't get the Suicide Squad. We got Task Force X because mm -hmm. that is a kid's show. And to have a, a, a group called the Suicide Squad may, you know, raise yeah. some red flags, mm -hmm. right, for parents. It could easily end up in cancellation. Exactly. So we've seen them before, right? Different variants of the team, different characters on the team, different leaders, and different eras of the team. Mm -hmm. Now, in 2016... We had gotten the film by David Ayer. Mm -hmm. David Ayer is a director who's been around for quite a while, and he's done a lot of really good films, one of which was End of Watch. Oh, I just I was typing in his name, but I put in Dayer. <laughs> um, David Ayer is a really cool director, and he's got this dark edge to his projects, which I could see that being the reason as to why he decided to do The Suicide Squad. Because those are criminals, essentially. War criminals, uh, street criminals, uh, super villains on that team. You could understand why someone who did something like Edge, um, the uh, the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, The End of Watch, and Fury with Brad Pitt and a whole bunch of castmates would do something as dark and different as the Suicide Squad. Let me show you a picture of David Ayer right now. There he is right there. Surrounded by a bunch of his, his cast. There his he is, films. folks. There he is. <laughs> he, looking like he should be writing a you know novel or something. 
He he actually looks like Johnny Depp's character in that uh, horror film. I forgot oh, yeah. exactly one which one it was. But this is David Ayer, as you Let can me see. Say he kind of reminds me of uh, Nicolas Cage's uh, character in Mandy. Oh, <laughs> Red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's David Ayer. So you heard, Brian, you heard that Suicide Squad was going to be a film coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking what you thought about the film yet. Yes. But what did you think about the announcement? The announcement. Uh, well, recently, during that time of 2016, I was like, well, hopefully this will make DC really good because I had just watched Man of Steel and I was like, well, I'm kind of really disappointed on what they're doing so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- had really huge high hopes on that. Oh, this is going to be like a really great movie. It's going to be like Avengers level sort of DC sort of stuff like that. Uh, it's going to be a very edgy movie, but not edgy in the sense of edgy as in very cringy. Uh, well, uh, oh well. <laughs> I mean, that's not what you were thinking. <laughs> Um, I also thought it was gonna be really cool just you know in general as a film you know I I wasn't really like the biggest DC fan growing up and stuff like that so I was really just excited to sort of see DC in movie theaters first and then later on get introduced later on to comics and other stuff of other things like that but definitely after watching Suicide Squad I definitely saw the Arkham series and I definitely saw a lot more things with the Suicide Squad and how they sort of came around and man did I feel really disappointed (laughs) with with the film with the film after the thought of knowing (laughs) we'll get to that (laughs) we'll get to that part yeah see when they announced different uh aspects of what the movie was going to be right they announced different there were rumored cast members but they did announce certain people and characters were going to be introduced of this world in that film one of which was jared leto as the joker margot robbie as harley quinn and this got people excited you know this actually did get people excited about seeing the film because those are pretty good actors you know, it makes sense beforehand that, you know, oh, okay. I saw him in a Dallas Buyers Club. He was pretty mm-hmm. cool in that. Margot Robbie was in the uh, Wolf on Wall Street. That's that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. And it should have been cool. But I'm looking for <laughs> right now the uh, fan art because there is there was a lot of fan art about it. There, there was a report that Jai Courtney would be playing uh, Captain Boom or I'm uh, not Captain Boomerang, uh, Deadshot. And Will Smith would be playing Captain Boomerang, but then obviously that turned into, you know, the exact opposite situation. And, oh, here, here's one. Found one of Jared Leto way before we saw anything of him as the Joker. Oh, geez, hold on a second. Let me show you right now. There he is. See, this is oh what boy. people <laughs> what people were expecting. This type of darkness, this type of uh, color, this type of Joker, you know, this is what people were really getting excited for. And I feel like movies like this were part of the fan art culture within the comic book films. You know, that this is when it really started being pumped out to the point where people were like, man, I'm actually really looking forward to this. Let me make some art to depict my excitement for a film. And there it is right there. <laughs> all the hopes and dreams of all the Suicide Squad fans. <laughs> <laughs> a boss logic was one of these guys who did the some artwork for the suicide squad so let me let's talk about the team okay of course and and we'll see how you we feel about this just just <laughs> the the names alone okay of course yeah we have the team which is Deadshot, harley quinn rick flag el diablo captain boomerang katana and killer croc 
and rope guy and <laughs> rope guy yeah <laughs> let's forgot, not forget about him He's i forgot the important. actual guy's name he was, he i was, believe it's whiplash no or, i think that's a marvel character not slipknot 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 like the band yeah. oh yeah the band perfect so what do you think about this team do you think this works as uh, conceptually as a team that we could follow in a, a movie about these criminals and stuff well um i as a sort of coming into uh, would you like my first impressions or just yes, your first, an overall well first right. impressions my first impressions i you know was kind of really excited to see killer croc and stuff like that because mm-hmm. i didn't really see him in a whole lot of stuff within dc movies mostly just their games and i really wanted to get like that really cool practical look of what croc could have been with like the huge ginormous head and stuff right or even a little bit of cgi where it was necessary for fight scenes of course um at the end of the day killer croc was kind of like really disappointing disappointing uh in the after product and stuff mm-hmm. Uh, especially with weird lines that they kind of gave him. Oh yeah, uh, Will Smith with in Killshot's character. You know, Will Deadshot? Smith is uh, yeah uh, within Deadshot. He Will Smith is a very half and half kind of actor. You either love him or you hate him, depending on what roles he kind of chooses. Mm-hmm. As an action movie star, he's very uh, conflicting, but at the same time, I enjoy him. Uh, I could kind of take him or leave him for this character. You know, I don't. I wasn't really too intrigued with him. He's not really like a very emotionally at death character, especially when they gave him like a really interesting backstory. With his sort of life is very, you know, very slowly crossed with uh, Amanda Waller sort of forcing him to uh, go to prison and stuff like that in order in the safety of everyone's lives. But at the same time, it is at the cost of his daughter's uh, life and her growing up being able to with her father. And it's very interesting. But they sort of glance over that in a majority of the film. Um, I was really, like you said, with hearing about Margaret Robbie uh, playing in uh, as uh, Harley, uh, Quinn. Harley Quinn. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking of like uh, her work with Wolf of Wall Street and other uh, things that she had worked from before. And I was really excited to see this. It was, you know, um, I think that she can always improve, especially right after what happened with Birds of Prey. I feel like she has definitely more room to improve um, mm-hmm. depending on how they want to, you know, make a screen time with her. Uh, and stuff like that definitely who is writing her character I definitely need to talk with them personally Uh, (laughs) um, and then you know Captain Boomerang I thought he was all right I wasn't really that intrigued you know it was a very you would have imagined that we were going to have great greater connections within the characters very similar uh, we had seen within Avengers you know we see we are introduced to new characters like Hawkeye and like Black Widow I mean though we are introduced to Black Widow and Iron Man 2 we get to see a little bit more about her character and her relationship with Hulk and with a lot of the other Avengers a little bit more better than we did within this film because this film was sort of we saw characters we saw this sort of references with that from past comic books and stuff but we don't really see that connection of them as a team, you know? And I feel like within the Arkham series, we kind of do see that, even though that some of them do, spoiler alert, you know, uh, some of them do kind of betray one another in order for them to sort of have that yeah. sense of, I am, am going to live and you can all die. We don't really have that real big sense. And it does kind of end up very family, you know, with Vin Diesel sort of, we got this, you know? Um Right. Yeah, well, I, I would say that's my overall thought. <laughs> well, this is definitely just looking at the team. Mm-hmm. First impressions. It makes sense that this would be a Suicide Squad yeah. team. The, the look of them, I think, is fine. Um, and I think that they could work 
like conceptually right before seeing yeah. the film say, i was thinking like uncle uh <laughs> look, yeah exactly like it's the one look that we we get from mexican uh men <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean geez uh we'll get to that i swear to god um but just looking at it i think it looks cool mm-hmm. right the team is cool i want them to make room for each other to to grow with each other to have cool mm-hmm. interactions to make uh sense as to why they're on the team in the first exactly. place i think yeah. that's a very big important point of having whoever you're you're having on your team right there before the first avengers film came out there were arguments of like what's black widow gonna do what's hawkeye mm-hmm. gonna do right like the, these are characters that are relatively useless compared to someone <laughs> like the hulk or thor but in the movies we saw that wasn't the case you know, we saw that they can someone... hold up their own weight, and even sometimes even better, depending right. on the situation. Exactly. I mean, we saw essentially in that first film, Hawkeye cripple the team. Oh yeah. <laughs> in the first like two acts of that film, so I'm hoping for that type of chemistry and that mm-hmm. type of writing with this team. Now, the reality of this the situation. <laughs> so, actually, Julian, it's doing the... a huge favor. Let's knock off. Slipknot, let's just take him out because well, that's the thing, man. That's the thing, man. So, (laughs) ideally, like we were saying, these characters would have great use in the script and great use in this overall story, but that just doesn't turn out to be the case, especially with my boy here, (laughs) poor Slipknot. Slipknot, which I I feel Um, like, though, I am kind of sad that he died in the beginning. I, I kind of wonder what could he have been used? Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. A lot of these characters, based on the concept of the film, the idea of like, they, they frame the film in that Superman dies, right? Mm-hmm. Superman is dead. We need a team that will that's stop the right. next Superman, Superman, who if he goes evil. But some of these choices just don't work for that. For instance, Slipknot, <laughs> Captain Boomerang, Harley Quinn. Deadshot, maybe. Killer Croc, maybe. I was going to say, you can eliminate everyone but El Diablo, Killer Croc, and and Deadshot. And Katana, maybe. Maybe. And and Enchantress, I mean... Well, Enchantress is the villain of the film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's she's just just here for the promotion. Yeah, Yeah, she's not going to do anything. But so, under that premise, it starts to kind of fall apart, and I feel like the movie suffers in that it doesn't know what to do with a lot of the characters, unfortunately. Um so how do you feel about the premise of this team getting together, being forced together because they all have bombs within their necks? If, if they don't do what they're told, they're going to be killed, assassinated. Do you do you think that works with the we need to prepare for the next Zod? I think it slightly doesn't, kind of slightly doesn't, depending on the situation. In theory, in a very broad term, it works really well. Similar to uh, my thoughts on Battle, uh, on uh, what was that movie again? Battle Royale. I love that movie because right. it has a very similar premise. You are putting bomb collars around your neck and you have to kill one another to be able to gain your freedom. And it's sort of the same concept, except it's more or less, you have. we are forcing you to fight someone that could be as bad as you in the near future. And we're threatening right. you to do it. But I feel like in a conceptual reality, this would never really work. <laughs> Though I believe that a villain would be sort of, you know, more cooperating in the sense of, well, I do want to live. So I guess I can do whatever you guys want me to do. Realistically, yeah. I think they're more evil enough to just be like, why would I want to help the grainer of humanity when I could just 
you know, on the most evilest of villains, you know, just take me out right now. You know, I have a, I have a master plan. <laughs> well, there are also deals that are placed with some suicide squad members. Like mm-hmm. you do this for me, I'll shave off like 10 years off your sentence. Of course. Yeah. Right. We so see that, that with so, Deadshot with his. Exactly. Uh, Cause yeah. Deadshot, who's definitely the protagonist of the film. I don't care what anyone says. He's definitely the lead. Oh, of yeah, this. He definitely is. Yeah. Uh, he has the most character especially showing his daughter the relationship he has with his daughter mm-hmm. how uh, she looks up to him it's actually even ben affleck's assassin. batman for that first uh, couple oh seconds. please you're Please's you're nice <laughs> you're really nice um so i feel like uh, look man like there's ways of, of world building right <laughs> and using superman's death it makes sense but I feel like just with a team that's as, I mean, these are the essentially the expendables of this world. <laughs> so like, true. why are you trying to apply this it to this mystical? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're, they have them disable a small country, fight private armies, mm-hmm. you know, uh, do dirty work for foreign nations. Like, <laughs> like we're going to have them fight a wizard, <laughs> you know? We're going to have them fight the man who can literally like erase time and go back in time <laughs> right and freeze <laughs> with his breath heat vision heat vision so i would love to see it we saw justice league 2017 where he basically took them his own team out mm-hmm. these people are gonna do something to superman <laughs> these people will do nothing <laughs> even the di- the guy who spits fire it's like we saw in man <laughs> of steel what happens with fire and superman all right he lets people set on fire before he gets fired <laughs> all right but of all these characters, Brian, which do you think was the most compelling and the most uh, best utilized? Uh, I was going to say, I feel like the focus, though, was heavily introduced mostly on Enchantress and sort of like her beginnings and origins and really focusing on like, you know, you could kind of really see it from a mile away. Oh, she's going to be the main villain. I believe the very first half is very written well to sort of us be very sympathetic towards she as a villain and then towards the second half with her flow oh, yeah was sort of Hips. really yeah <laughs> with her hex side which made me feel really uh weirded out not really sort of sympathetic to her anymore or even view her as a reliable villain you know it was very similar yeah. to big gray villain <laughs> big gray I, vi- <laughs> mud mud yeah <laughs> swamp thing um, without the swamp thing so <laughs> true man thing no yeah. um but i've and then i know that they were trying really heavily introduce like a sort of reliability within katana's character with her trying right. to have like this weird sympathetic revenge story similar to how old boy is sort of taken in and then he has to sort of like fight his way out and sort of get revenge for his daughter and his family but right. it just, never really came off like that especially with that crying scene i kind of felt weirded out (laughs) well that's that's one thing that uh i think is the biggest flaw because of all the characters that some are so in-depth and some are just very shallow Mm -hmm. and that that is reflected within the tone of the film because in one moment you're going to have something that's really like like what the katana scene where she's crying she's speaking japanese she's talking to her the souls that are encapsulated in her sword which is by the way just thrown in there oh hey oh, yeah. you don't want to mess with her because the souls her. are in the, the souls katana. Are in her katana it's like okay dude and so she's joke she's or she's not joking she's crying and then a dude right after this really like well-acted scene on her part makes some joke 
and like that happens throughout the whole film like there's there's this part where um there's really no moment to breathe and even no, when there's man, scenes which are like you would imagine are really intense and sad they sort of really gl- get glanced over and i'm not even gonna lie this i'm not gonna lie when i say this i felt like i had more <laughs> i felt like i had more uh more character death with the marines that went with Killer Croc in the in the tunnel with any of the other characters, and I felt more sad for them dying than anyone else. Well, there's this part where uh, where like Harley Quinn is trying to escape. Mm-hmm. Amanda Waller's there on top yeah. of the roof, and she tells uh, Floyd, uh, the um, Deadshot character, Deadshot, to ki- yeah. to kill her. Will Smith. Uh... Yeah, it's like killer uh, Will Smith. Yeah, she tells Will Smith to kill uh, Harley Quinn. And what happens is like he he denies it first, but then she offers him something, and she's like, she he just immediately goes like, oh she did, and goes oh, yeah. in. It's like a laugh moment, and then the next frame, it's like this emotional moment where he he can't like do it, like he can't do it, uh, and he misses on purpose. It's like oh my, I mean, come on now, yeah. That's the problem with a lot of, you know, with a lot of screenplays when they want to do like this very dark and edginess and then at the same time have this sort of relate because you can definitely see that they were trying to sort of get back into that reference of what the Suicide Squad, what made it great, you know, it's a very dark and sad concept, but that's the broadness, the poorness is of just these crazy maniacs who don't really care about life and don't really care about anything that happens at the end of the day but themselves and that's the funniness that comes from that and i hope we do get to see that with the james gunn sequel you know i feel like we definitely will but we'll get to that don't 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 jump (laughs) ahead now i'm I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm excited i'm excited don't worry (laughs) oh no (laughs) well i gotta say that i think the best developed character in this was actually will smith's dead shot like with i thought he was really good in the role and there were actual talks of him getting his own film i was like oh i'm okay i'm, I'm kind of i will say I, I was gonna say as a, as a person who loves guns uh <laughs> i saw i saw a video of him doing training Relatable. videos with him working on, <laughs> i saw him doing training videos with ars and a bunch of glocks and other berettas and stuff and i how do you do really enjoy the work and stuff it was very on par with uh keanu reeves's uh uh, john wick work where he sort of was doing the uh i believe it's the uh two revolver one rifle no one two revolver one repeater one shotgun challenge where it's Mm -hmm. that you fire as quick as you can uh so yeah i thought he did a pretty good job with handle with handiwork with weapons and stuff yeah well it's funny that you bring up this gun obsession you have uh this is definitely a a a film that. is about villains who are a paramilitary troop. They're willing to kill whoever they need to to get the mission done. Mm-hmm. How do you think that works amongst the 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 very heroism, the, the very iconic heroism that's supposed to be in this world? Like you have Superman in the world, you have Batman, you have Wonder Woman, you have Aquaman, the Justice League. How do you feel this falls into the mix of all that? Well, I would say definitely from the years of 2016 to 2017, it didn't really work that well since we had when watching both the justice league the original cut and then uh the and then suicide squad i felt that there was no real discernibility of who was good nor evil since it, they sort of really messed up on the concept of batman and a lot of the other characters from the justice league where i kind of felt like at this point there's no real big difference towards them except for 
Harley Quinn is just saying stuff about voices and then the Flash is talking about brunch. Uh, right. But now with a lot of the introduction to Shazam and to Aquaman and to Wonder Woman and, <laughs> and though 1984, which is really not that good, we at least get and some- And Birds of Prey. And Birds of Prey. Well, we don't talk about that. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. Uh, it has to be talked about. I know. Uh, with Birds of Prey, of course. And uh, I mean, <laughs> we definitely do see that uh, that disconnection now where they- we're sort of at the beginning really struggling on how do we sort of have this concept of seriousness within the world, but at the same time, this light tone that Marvel kind of really perfected in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, and now we are get, definitely seeing that over now, you know, it's sort of the roles have very much switched from Marvel as sort of being this very, uh, you know, very serious tone and, but lightheartedness to very, you know, almost every time everyone's saying practical joke to now within the DC from being always serious, nothing really fitting well, even some of the lines not even working to now having that sense of a very dark thing. I mean, look at Shazam with its very darkness about, you know, family relationships and sort of not being accepted by, but there are mm-hmm. some really funny ass lines in there and it's a really great movie. It's a, it's a movie for kids i mean yeah. pretty much and you have <laughs> this world george lucas it's a movie for our 14 year olds <laughs> hey no i'm freddie prince jr you're just not you're just mad it's that just it's not going it. with you <laughs> lucas <laughs> made the universe you guys can't say nothing even though i can't voice act for anything oh okay all right don't get personal i, I, know, I know let's talk I about will smith so effect, will smith i thought was the best part about this film without a doubt i mean he he basically owns this role i hope we do see more of him because i thought he was actually good and he could probably do really well mm-hmm. with a great script i would definitely like to see him in the uh newest the sorry I, I was gonna oh. say i would definitely like to see him in the sequel yeah, I mean, look at this. And, and I think the costume was really cool. Oh, yeah, I, I love that mask. I felt like it was such a shame that he didn't wear it more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, they definitely – people, when you see Will Smith, you definitely want to see Will Smith. But I don't know. I felt like they used it very little. I wanted them to use it a little bit more. I just – real quick, can you get a photo I mean, of that you mask? Know that actors, mask so you cool. know actors <laughs> need to – they want to show their face. Come on now. They want to show their face. <laughs> but that mask is so cool. Doesn't matter. <sighs> I mean, look at Pedro, you know, that worked. Okay. <laughs> I did work, but you know, Will Smith. No, Will Smith yeah. wants to show his face. <laughs> Will Smith, yeah. Yeah, that, that was you the know. deal. He was, he was born and raised on the playground where he spent most of his time. Okay, I will put you in the waiting room. <laughs> Let's talk about the antagonist. Mm. Your girl. Mm. The Enchantress. Ah, uh, yes. Miss uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. All right. Uh, so honestly, I've never watched this film again. So, and <laughs> I don't, no, I remember I that really she was bad. an archaeologist. just two more times. <laughs> she was an archaeologist who didn't know how to be an archaeologist because she yeah. broke the artifact almost immediately. She got oh, yeah. infected with the spirit of the enchantress, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she was possessed. If that's correct, she was li- she had two identities within one body. The enchantress took her over. She had a relationship with Rick Flag, which was being tampered with because of this identity, and she became the main villain, causing big gi- like giant mud creatures, minions, or yes, Suicide the Squad to fight. Gray monsters, my favorite antagonist of all. Exactly. Cinema. 
And then she had a brother who was kind of like heavy for the film. Oh, yes. The big red enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Totally new color scheme. And she wanted to take over the world, right? Yes. Was that, that, I mean, that's. Yeah, the concept was, yeah, the concept was enemy wants to take over the world. Give us money. (laughs) Watch it now. (laughs) So, Brian, what did you think when you saw Enchantress in this film? How'd you feel? Uh, My first. Well, I hate this design. I mean, it's a beautiful design, whoever made up it, but practically within the film, it really made me not want to watch the film. It was really (laughs) weird. I really prefer the old design. I don't know if you want to bring it up. The old design is just really badass and really cool, especially that scene where um, Amanda Waller brings her among the Pentagon officers. And she's like, well, she can get you any uh, information in that sort of backwards hand thing. That is like one of the most coolest scenes of all time. Um, yeah, look at that design. I mean, she looks like I mean, she looks like a hippie from like the 1970s. I mean, it don't look too much different. She just looks more messy than, yeah. than what we had before. <laughs> she, she looks like she hasn't taken a shower in like three days. Right. Uh, but <laughs> my favorite, <laughs> one of the best scenes in cinema. <laughs> one of the best scenes of cinema. No, but uh, I don't know. Um, her as an antagonist, you know, it's even then as sort of just like this broad thing of like a Power Rangers thing of, oh, big villain wants to destroy the world. Right. There was really no reason to why, besides from her being sort of like a captive. And that's really it. And that's even how they kind of show it off in the movie is that she escapes her captivity and that's when she wants to destroy the world. So without her wanting to escape her captivity, it would have just, (laughs) if you really think about it, realistically she would just been like oh right with this and she's like all right well i guess i'm forever a bomb okay (laughs) well you know i really do wish that it was better but it did remind me a lot of rita repulsa from the power rangers like you brought up (laughs) you You know you don't ruin her you don't don't ruin ruin her her? yeah no she's amazing except for the newest power rangers i mean all right man okay (laughs) sorry as a power rangers stan uh, i can't (laughs) You're going to tell me there aren't some similarities between those two? Oh, no, there is definitely some Come similarities. Come on, no. But there is a big difference. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's as much a difference as uh, you or Daniel would admit. Mm, Silly fine. boy. <laughs> Silly boy, I swear. So, okay. So, I feel like the idea of having the antagonist being this giant magic-based uh, villain, mm-hmm. it, it, do you th- I mean, I don't think it's such a great... Uh, foil for the suicide squad because they're like you have a guy throwing boomerangs you have a girl with a baseball bat you have a guy with guns against this and it, it, the the fight scenes result to these fights where they're fighting all these just creatures these mud creatures uh, there's for me there's no feeling in it you could yeah. make an argument for like you can make an argument in that, oh, in the first Avengers movie, they're fighting a bunch of faceless aliens. Why you care about that? Well, I mean, it's a different context. I like yeah. those and we characters have a much better. better antagonist. Yeah. Better antagonist. And you get better exactly where he's to coming think from. about it too. It's mostly not he wants to control Earth. It's mostly just him causing it's mostly him. He's just not dancing him, throughout the uh, film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, um, I would have said that I agree with your point about. The, the suicide squad facing off a magic enemy they it would have made more sense for the screen screenplay to go against uh, an alien 
if anything, sure. maybe a, a thought of like maybe there's an alien invasion coming up and they feel like maybe that could have led to a second uprising of a newer Superman, you know? Something like that or something at least with more character. Yeah, something at least yeah. in concept to why they are making a Suicide Squad against someone to a future Superman. Because a magic user is not really Superman. That's more or less like Wonder Woman or like uh, anyone else Shazam. who deals with Shazam. Exactly. And that would have made a much more concept if they were like, oh, we want to make sure we have someone who can go up against these new Egyptian people. And, <laughs> and, these uh, new Egyptian people. <laughs> these new Egyptian people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, con- uh, conceptually, it would have made more sense if they had better the screenplay to match up to the threat level of Superman. Because a magic yeah. user doesn't really make any sense and the motive is just really boring. Well, the thing is, if it was a, if it was like a, a Superman level threat they'd be destroyed they would be extremely be wrecked you know and so that's gonna say don't they kind of just place them with the power of love (laughs) yeah man i mean they really gotta just friendship is magical with with characters like these (laughs) with with characters like these you really the the setting is such an important aspect Mm -hmm. of what makes them work or not you know you can put them in a war zone you can put them in like for instance um their use in batman or assault on arkham they're trying to break into Arkham Asylum to break out the Riddler, or they're trying to stop the Riddler. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but they're going in there for someone, right? I don't think there there are superpowered beings, right? Obviously, there are superpowered yeah. beings in that, but it, I just don't think it ends up in this it's mess by the end. No. You know, it becomes a very personal fight by the end of that film, where you have Deadshot versus Joker. Uh, Harley Quinn's up in the mix. Batman's trying to like catch up to all them, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I it's crazy, man. Yeah, and it's uh, and we even you know I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I did feel that connection when I did see my boy, uh, King Shark. What was it again, King Shark or uh, in what in uh the Arkham series? Oh, that that was uh King Shark. Yeah, that was that King was King Shark. Shark. Yeah, I I cried when my boy King Shark died. That was. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Like these, those characters I mean, had personality. I mean, he's, a, he's a straight up just murder shark, but I got more connection from that versus Killer Croc who loves BET. Oh my god! <laughs> that, oh, that's another thing, man. How did you feel? I want to ask you how you felt about a lot of these characters kind of relying on stereotypes. stereotypes. I mean, um, like El Diablo is like this yeah. gangbanger. Like yeah, El Diablo is my straight up. He's straight up just my uncle. Mike. Yeah, yeah I know. He lives down the street. I mean, geez. <laughs> I meet him <laughs> up in the front of my house. I see him in front of Winchell's. I mean, geez. <laughs> he, he, goes say, uh, he, got, he sells, uh, what is it? He sells Takis and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sells Takis. So, like you have El Diablo, you have Killer yeah. Croc. He's like, oh, I, got I got PT. I'm beautiful. I got PT, you know, Katana, you like, like they, I feel like they replace character for stereotypes and and jokes and stuff like that. And it's unfortunate, but however, I will give them credit. You do have this cool little moment. One of the Mm -hmm. few cool moments in the film (laughs) where it's them in a bar. Mm-hmm. this bar scene where they're oh yeah the bar scene. each other i thought yeah. that was a cool really no, yeah, well directed no i felt yeah at the moment watching i was like what are you guys doing you guys are <laughs> you guys are literally Just in a chilling. battlefield realistically you know i i kind of fi- uh, figure out like how real paramilitaries would sort of go in that situation mm-hmm. you know we uh we as citizens like to think like war is a very stagnant sort of just like an onslaught of barrage very dramatic like, type deal yeah, very dramatic but real yeah. war is very much you don't even get to see people by a whole year in service and stuff and this is very i felt at that moment re-watching again it's a very peaceful 
calm before the storm moment before we have to go back into the really bad screenplay and the really bad character development because the, i felt the, like at we got a band together we <laughs> us treacherous criminals have to band together for the together power of love for the power of love but no yeah i definitely got that sense of um connectiveness that we're we were missing guys. from the <laughs> with bad guys <laughs> no i definitely got that sense of connectedness that they were trying to show within the film mm -hmm. within the very beginning but we were unable to get that at the you know yeah and that actually had one of my favorite like the one of the few laughs i had in the film mm -hmm. uh that was actually laughing with the film um mm -hmm. where it was um they get there rick flag deactivates the uh bombs because mm -hmm. like you know fuck it man like you know it's just <laughs> like he's done yeah. he gives up and then captain boomerang just runs out like i thought that was hysterical but then he shows back up later but yeah he, back <laughs> he just comes back He's like well i'm i'm in it for the long haul Let's i'm in it for this. the long haul <laughs> well might i'll get paid somehow <laughs> i gotta get i didn't have enough rupees i didn't have enough uh prawns oh my jesus christ my barbecue i guess but uh brian we did bring up mm -hmm. you boy you know who I'm talking about? I believe so. This man. Oh, yeah. Mr. Cameo himself. <laughs> Mr. Cameo himself. <laughs> so, I like his bat grill. His bat, or his bat grill. You mean his, his um, bat grill. His brand. His, his brand. cow brand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Imagine Batman going up to cows with that. <laughs> Moo. <laughs> Moo. Martha. Okay. So <laughs> we had say a, her name? <laughs> we had a couple of appearances by Batman. I actually do think the the film is set in Gotham City, I believe. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. So I it's kind of so. bizarre that he wouldn't be in more of it. But okay, so you, you can only get Ben Affleck for a couple of days. Oh, yeah. So Ben Affleck shows up as Batman in the film for a, a couple of scenes. Uh a scene between him and Death and Shot where they mm -hmm. fight. He actually acts like Batman and he's like, he says, I don't want to do this in front of your daughter. And I was like, okay, that's, we're getting we somewhere. more Batman than Batman versus Superman. <laughs> we're getting, it's like, he doesn't want to kill. I mean, before the Batman, he would have killed oh, yeah. him. No, yeah, before he was going to be throwing people uh, against the wall. With yeah, straight up, open. throwing boxes at people. <laughs> you know, like that's, but okay, this is a little bit of Batman right here. Oh, yeah, I don't want to do this. This is some good Batman right here. Yeah, okay, all right. We also have him show up in a scene between uh, him, Joker, and Harley Quinn. We mm -hmm. do not see him interact with the Joker. No. Physically, we no. do see oh, him we punch see Harley Quinn. Interact physically with Harley Quinn. Though. Yeah, just punches her in the face. She, I bet you he punched her with that Batman glove right there with that. With, that with the girl. brand? With the brand, yeah. Well, we all know that's what you would have liked to see, Brian. But oh, yeah, aside definitely. from you know, that <laughs> abuse. Abuse, yeah. What did you think of Batman's involvement in the film? Did you want to see him more? Did you want to see him less? What, what are you thinking? Well, uh, after... Uh, after seeing the Batman uh, versus Superman, I definitely did not want to see Ben Affleck's Batman. Oh, oh just in general. <laughs> just in general. Um, I thought it was interesting with the cameo because, you know, Amanda Waller's like, I did give him a call. And it is very, you know, we do have to see at least some references. Uh, we don't maybe not cameo, but at least some references to know that we are all in the same universe, you know. Yeah. Uh, They're in Gotham. Very, 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean when marvel was doing it, it was very like tasteful at some points where it's sort of like oh you know this is hinting at a future thing and then to the point where everyone's like i don't care about the movie just give me the camera you know uh but definitely this um i thought it was now looking over i thought it was pretty great um especially with the whole scene within gotham uh now maybe looking a little bit more into it yeah i probably would have liked a little bit more of him in there because i mean it's such a weird thing to be like oh yeah the superheroes are out there doing more important stuff what is more important <laughs> than this ginormous laser monster laser monsters show killing everyone and also my i add ruining a bridal show remember don't forget that exactly ruining a bride show honestly they should have just call batman right then and there blowing up uh, the denny's blowing up the denny's <laughs> i mean the dunkin donuts is on fire Where, where's batman there's mud people everywhere someone will smith is in the streets shooting people like come on where where is batman not is hanging from a roof dead okay but that you know he had that going <laughs> let, let, me escape. let me escape let me escape yeah no, no i don't yeah um yeah i feel like <laughs> within the universe you definitely once you're halfway through the film the first half you feel like oh this, this is interesting and then the second half logic goes out of the window everything that you would think is possible is just ignored like what is wonder woman doing at this point besides from sexually assaulting another man uh, (laughs) what is the flash doing besides from getting brunch what is cyborg doing but thinking about what he he (laughs) what is aquaman doing besides from dealing with amber heard uh uh, come on trying to get political oh of course (laughs) no um i just i don't understand it just doesn't make any sense. There's such a huge threat, and then you're like, let's send in the untrained murderous well, killers. Well, at least uh, Batman. You yeah. can make that argument about Batman. This is his yeah. city. True. I do agree that I feel like logically Batman in this story would be more involved. Practically, mm-hmm. it's another matter entirely. You can yeah. only get... Look, they already stacked up their whole cast of different characters that do nothing. They couldn't afford <laughs> a, a character that would actually be do there something. logically and do something. Uh, unfortunately, I'm sure Ben Affleck was kind of like busy or something. He there was yeah. dealing with what was going to be happening with Justice I, I'm doing Vice. I need a bulk up. <laughs> what? Vice? I'm sorry. No, no. That's, that's Christian Bale's. Yeah, that's Christian Bale. I always get them mixed up sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> w- with what little Batman we did see, I did think he was more Batman than we had gotten. <laughs> Definitely. You know, yeah. in the film a couple months beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I that thought suit he was really is cool. kind of really upsetting me, though. The the little ripple lines. <laughs> oh. It, what, it looks wait, well, let's, let's I, I don't know. The lines remind me of like a shark, like <laughs> designs of like their scales and stuff like that. Uh, I know that everyone complains about like the big bat logo. I mean, it's an interesting logo. I just, what it is. I mean, it's very uh, Frank Miller inspired. True. Yeah. Right. I, I definitely like that cowl. I definitely like the short. I prefer the shorter, uh, the shorter ears, ears compared to the, yeah. Cause I think like the big ears just look like this, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, that's what they look like on you, Brian. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like, by the way, this do-do-do. is a, this is actually a photo of me on my way to Brian's house every oh, night. Yes. Oh, yes. Every <laughs> night to watch the Mandalorian. <laughs> that was me. Just like, not <laughs> tonight, not Julius. Not tonight. <laughs> you better not talk about Grogu. <laughs> better not talk about Gungans. <laughs> Gungans. Yeah. <laughs> so we had Batman in it. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, uh, let's be fair. Mm-hmm. Let's be fair. Okay. What works in the movie? What do you think works in the movie for you? Uh, is there anything? Is it a lot of it? Is it a little bit of it? What do you, What works for you? Well, besides from the concept, which I feel like, you know, it, that's a very boring thing to say. The concept works. Uh, I feel like the concept kind of slightly works. Um, I also feel that there was moments within the screenplay where they were trying to get with some emotional connection of mm-hmm. Deadshot being in a much more larger role. Because um, it felt like they wrote Deadshot to be more interesting. You know, I, I was going to say and admit that to you. I do love Deadshot. He's really great. He's one of my easily favorite characters within the overall of the film. Um, yeah. But it definitely felt like the focus definitely towards editing and towards like availability of just screen time. They definitely went more on the enchantress love story with, uh, with Flag more than anything else towards the second half of the film and even yeah. we do see that within the first half of the film with them going to that hotel and i just i mean i i understand what they're trying to convey there with the whole she's trying to have like that sort of sense of rebellious natures against amanda waller it just felt weird because they do it the next day and then it kind of felt like why would you do that uh uh man and then Jared Leto's Joker. Okay, well, well, hold on. Hold on. We're not right, there right. yet. That, I, know. I promise you we will discuss that. But I, I We will like, discuss that. I know, but I just say what works. And oh, then let's, well, I'm not going to spoil I'll allow it. Major. I'll allow it. All right, cool. I will say, <laughs> though I do not prefer the design over most Jokers, I feel okay. like within this universe of what, um, what they were trying to go with, it does kind of work a little bit well, you know, in the in the sense of this very weird anarchist sort of thing, sort of rebellious nature. But that's just you know that's just the Joker within every uh, depiction of this very anarchist behavior. Uh, <laughs> Julius is freaking out. Majorly. We'll uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk. Um, we'll we'll have a whole section about. No, yeah, of course. That. And then I guess last thing that I would have to say, which worked kind of well. Mm-hmm man it's just so hard i mean i enjoy this film like if i put on the back out watching you know it's on the most worst film that some people would say but it's definitely not a good film uh all right fine last thing that i would really enjoy was uh that very steadiness of that pace of the the very beginning there was this very certain comic books ish style with sort of like the intros i know that everyone makes memes and jokes about the intros about like the character intros but i thought it was kind of interesting and very unique and cool you know uh well but yeah it just yeah here's the thing it those little things were cool and to see Deadshot with his daughter was cool, but just to see the other characters was just really weird. Like with Killer Crocs and show, I mean, it's cool with him killing people, but we don't really learn anything about how he got in there. And then with the same thing with Harley Quinn, it's sort of like that weird, uh, that weird dance scene with Jared Leto. It's like, oh, you like her? You like what you see? You don't want no beef? You don't want no beef here, fam. Yeah. Uh, um- Okay. Okay, (laughs) Brian. Thank you. uh, So I'll be very quick about this. What works in the film? I think the main thing that works is Will Smith is dead shot. I think he's the most compelling character. I've said it already, but I think he's the most compelling character. He's someone who 
I get where he's coming from completely. And I think mm-hmm. that seeing those moments, those very few moments throughout the film, there's a spark of, of uh, a unique character, someone that we're not used to within the comic book genre, really a film, you know, within the MCU or within this uh, it's very, he's a reluctant hero, reluctant anti-hero more. So, mm-hmm. and I thought that that Will Smith played him really well and they're, there's a great a potential uh, f- f- to see him back. I hope we yeah. see him back because yeah. I, thought I definitely he was one saw of the that parts. large connection towards like the Arkham series and very much like, oh yeah, Will Smith did a pretty great job, you know, as, especially with this coming out and stuff. Right. Okay. So let's talk about what actually doesn't work. Yes. So I'll just tell you right now. <sighs> let me bring my I think list. the film. Uh, here, I mean... let, me, let me bring out my notes. Page one of 200. <laughs> okay, so you brought up the opening as yeah. it's working for you. I, yeah. I got it. I don't, I, I just don't agree. I think that yeah. the o- opening is really just choppily edited. Mm-hmm. It's songs after songs after <laughs> yeah. songs. The I songs mean, are kind of annoying. I mean, th- this was honestly a an indicator of what happens when you have so many characters, you don't know what to do. It's you just, okay, and this one, and this one, and this one, and this one. This is when you decide to just to, go fully indie film. <laughs> well, this is where you need to apply them correctly, where they, they are introduced throughout the story in ways that make sense to push the the story forward rather than just halt it because i feel like uh, and apparently there are like three different cuts of the film they're edited by three different people including the person who edited the trailers so i feel like that's a reason as to why it felt like uh never-ending trailers at the beginning (laughs) like the only time that works is at the beginning of tropic thunder or it's literally trailers after trailer after trailer and it's part of the joke with this i really it it was kind of discombobulating at first i'm like like dude i'm going from like rick james to eminem to you know uh, uh, slipknot to uh five inch nails like yeah my goodness this is this is unfortunately not working it was the bohemian rhapsody of editing (laughs) it was the it was like the frankenstein's monster of editing. (laughs) you know what i mean like but but the thing is the bolts were put on the the chest the the arm was up on the head you know like (laughs) it was unfortunate because i i was kind of like oh no this is not gonna be i felt like once we got once we slowed down Mm -hmm. and we got to that scene in that bar i was like okay here's something Here's something. I'm down with it now. But then it just turned into the 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 yeah. standard comic book action ending that people yeah. are kind of tired of seeing, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. So what what about you? What are where are your notes? So um I'm I'm not gonna cuss on this part because I don't want to cuss <laughs> but I will say um yeah. screw those people for killing El Diablo. My god, uh really hated that so or much. did they? Or did they? Well, I think they did. <laughs> I think the guy blew up. <laughs> I believe so. He blew up. Uh, I don't know. To, uh, I was going to say, towards the first beginning, it was very um, obnoxious to, like, oh, this is just a really big stereotype. But then when we got to that bar scene, it was really cool. You know, we got to see a little bit more about who he was as a character and, you know, yeah. the sort of thing about, like, oh, I killed my wife and my children. I burned them alive. And now I have to deal with that whole sort of thing for my yeah. life and stuff. And then, you know, some would see that as a redemption arc of him dying as a sense of- For, for, for my family! <laughs> for my family, oh yeah. These are my bitches! <laughs> this is my family. And they're like, sorry, we don't really know you that well. <laughs> we don't even like you, bro. 
<laughs> All we know you is a Mexican guy. <laughs> You're a stereotype of us. Um, really weird that they made Croc uh, like BET. Right. Um, I don't. I don't know why that was really necessary. I mean, he's a man-eating crocodile monster. I. I well, you I know. Just don't. The, about that opening, <laughs> I see that the connection. There, there's plenty of compelling stuff in there, especially with someone like El Diablo or uh, Deadshot or even Harley Quinn, partly. Um, but it feels like it belongs in different films. Yeah, you know, films that would lead up to this, exactly. right? Or These like characters like are short, that compelling. You know, short story. It's like a TV show. You know, I would definitely yeah. watch a TV show. Or so, yeah. I mean, a series would be really cool with this. Uh, it actually. This was kind of like the worst case scenario that I kind of have for the Snyder Cut. We, we'll <laughs> talk about that later. Oh, yeah. We'll discuss that later. But this is kind of what I, I feel. I hope that the, the editors and Zack Snyder looked at this and said, okay, let's try to fix <laughs> we'll our film. The opposite of that. <laughs> Let, let's try to like, we have a lot of characters here. Let's hope they have stuff to do. <laughs> Reasons for being there, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> So that's unfortunate, but I really was excited for the film coming out. I wanted it to be, there's a trailer reaction on the channel from years back when that trailer, uh, the one of the trailers came out and I'm there with Angel and Daniel and we're watching it and we're getting excited. We're happy that it's happening. It's like, yes, let's do it. Let's finally get this film. Let's actually go. Man, but but then after the film, I come out and a friend of mine calls me after he gets out of his screening and says, oh yeah, it was great. <laughs> just hung up right then and there before i could respond you son of a bitch you bastard it's a masterpiece <laughs> yeah he's like yeah so i just got out and it was great <laughs> i was gonna say it's kind of really got scary pissed. to think by that time and then up to 2017 that was the greatest dceu movie what was the suicide squad if you think about it no i don't i don't even <laughs> compared to man of steel and batman for superman I, look, and justice say, League i will say that well justice league didn't come here. out at the time justice league didn't come out at the time no no I'm saying, i would like, say uh, man of steel is better i would say man of steel is better even though i'm not a big right. fan man of mm -hmm. steel is i think a better film mm -hmm. right. but we're talking about movies that okay look we're gonna get to the movies we like <laughs> we'll okay. get to the other films yeah uh I, I was gonna say one other thing i had a huge problem with was um Okay, I mean, and and I don't I don't know if this was a real complaint for you. I just felt like it was weird to sort of like really over sexualize Margot Robbie and stuff mm. and some things. Right. I mean, it's Margot Robbie, and I know. I mean, and I know that she was just in Wolf of Wall Street, and everyone right. she's a very beautiful woman and stuff like that. I just felt like it was weird, kind of really unnecessary with some scenes and stuff like that, mm -hmm. which. Uh, don't really make any sense with the undressing scene right uh yeah I mean, she's more or less of a weird quirky sort of, i i'm not gonna use that term more or less of a weird sort of crazed maniac and not this weird dumb bimbo in some scenes i think well, she's that not she, dumb she's i mean that's the thing no. about the character that i think that people who write the character kind of miss sometimes is that she mm -hmm. is not a dumb character no yeah she's she definitely is a, not she is a victim yeah, she is a victim of what the Joker did to her, and oh my God! And that's another thing we have to talk about, which I actually <laughs> yeah. completely forgot about in my notes. Yeah, was the relationship <laughs> between her and the Joker in and the, the Joker. Film. Yeah. I uh, real quick, before you say my anything, goodness, that okay. acid pit scene, I really like the acid pit scene. 
Okay, so before anything, <laughs> before any, before we even go there, buddy, before everything, okay, of let course. me pull up a picture of these two, these freaks. These two, oh, I was about to invite someone. <laughs> these clowns. <laughs> these clowns. Okay, invite so Bucky and Phoenix, Joker, and Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. This is most definitely one of the most touchy, depressing, and realistic relationships. And depictions yes, this is of every high school comics. relationship. Okay, stop. Uh, I'm a mute. I swear <laughs> to God, just stop. Look, listen. Uh, yeah, you're muted. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so with the Joker and Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. right? You have to be very careful how you approach this. Harley Quinn was introduced in Batman the Animated Series as at first this kind of like joke of a character, you know, like the henchman of the Joker, someone who was. Uh, definitely the the butt of a lot of jokes within the show at first, but then you get an episode called Mad Love, where it depicts how they met, their relationship, how she was seduced by the dark side, if you will, and how she just fell into this trance by this master manipulator who is ultimately abusive. Now, I have not seen this extended cut that exists of where it shows more scenes of their relationship and everything. However, what I saw, what I paid for in the theater that night depicted a relationship of this more Bonnie and Clyde situation mm-hmm. where it's like their their Joker cares yeah. about Harley. Uh, he's obsessed over Harley. Harley is like working her way to get back to him. It's It's true maddening love mm-hmm. as it's depicted in the film mm-hmm. i had a big problem with that yeah i God had to save anyone problem. who messed with her king exactly like like this Damn was amanda waller <laughs> this is absolutely i think maybe the most worrying part of the yeah. film because a lot of young girls <laughs> look up to characters like harley quinn i remember mm-hmm. when that movie was coming out Posts on Facebook when I was on Facebook, people's mm-hmm. girls I knew <laughs> posting. I I'm looking for my Joker, my jo- <laughs> and I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, I don't think you understand. I don't think you get it, dude. This is not something to look up to. And I'm, I'm, I actually, I hold the film that. in contempt uh, that it didn't depict yeah. it, this relationship properly, especially yeah. in the very end, especially mm-hmm. in the very end. Brian, how did you feel about the relationship? How do you feel about the relationship in general and how it was depicted in this film? Uh, Really, yeah. um, I don't really like it that much in the film. I think they did a much more better job within the animated Harley Quinn uh, TV series. Yeah. Uh, Let me pull up a picture. They at least handle it. No, yeah, of course. At least they handle it a little bit more better because there are some times in that show that I'm just not a big fan. But I would definitely say... In Batman the Anime series? Yeah, uh, no, no, uh, in uh, the Harley Quinn uh, animated series. The, oh, no, no. The newest she, one. Oh, okay. Well, in Batman, the animated series, she was introduced. That's what no, no, no. Definitely about. in the Batman, the animated series, they definitely, you know, yeah, they prefer. Oh, you're it. talking about the really new great. Harley Quinn. Um, the newest Harley Quinn, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well what, well, what do you think of the relationship in general? Uh, I think the relationship in general is this very... Uh, this almost, you know, I, there's a bunch of jokes out there that are sort of like Joker and Batman are more in a rela- loving relationship than Joker and Harley Quinn. Quinn yeah. I feel like it's, yeah, it's this very large obsession of Joker sort of reaching his goals, but he's able to use anyone, mastermind anyone who has been in his life. And I feel like 
the reason why he has Harley Quinn so connected with him is because mm-hmm. she's the most closest person to him, you know? And she's and a sucker. he's able to sort of, exactly. He's able to manipulate that love that she has for him into allowing him to do whatever he sort of wants at the end of the day. And I think that yeah. they really failed that sort of, I mean, they were kind of slightly getting the whole Harley Quinn loved Joker more in some scenes, but more than what Joker did. Yeah. yeah more, but at the end of the day with that ending scene and then of course with harley quinn jumping out Come on the plane, on, baby. no <laughs> where, no. where is she like where oh my god so i mean look at this image right yeah. here right she's in the middle of the real relationship between mm-hmm. joker and batman you know this is absolutely well, i think a better depiction of this right of joker mm-hmm. at least joker's focus on who mm-hmm. he really loves the a better depiction of that is in the lego batman movie okay <laughs> that that depicts it so much better and harley quinn isn't really involved in it too much no yeah. in the in that but that just shows but it's the way he treats her in, too you know more. harley quinn's barely even in that movie because it's so symbolic of batman truly loving joker more and, than and vice versa exactly and vice versa, yeah uh, this story right here that i'm showing all of you is a tragedy and unfortunately, the movie, the Suicide Squad film, misses the mark on that completely. They play it more Com- as a hot topic joke. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. My God. My God. It's very, it's very <laughs> much the hot topic of the DCU. Yeah. Did you ever talk to anyone about the... Uh, have you talked to anyone else about the relationship between uh joker, uh, joker and, harley and harley quinn yes uh one of my friends uh jacob which i think you've met him uh once uh for okay. my birthday uh we we very much love uh batman and stuff like that and we do talk about joker and a lot about that things uh i think i brought it up to him the relationship with joker and harley like, towards the year so this was like a good two to three more years after the movie came out and we were just making fun of like how bad the movie was but how great potential there was and i think we did glance over like oh yeah if you really think about it harley is just sort of being like it's really much an abusive relationship but they yeah. really just like glanced over that and they were and they were just like they're in love <laughs> <laughs> and we were messing around because by that year you know everyone every girl was sort of dressing up as harley quinn right and then I that's worrying, man. I remember his girlfriend dressed up as Harley Quinn. She made her boyfriend like joking Harley Quinn. And we and him both laughed and it's like, well, at least you're not an abuser. Thank God. Um I know, thank God, man. Th- this but is no, some... it just yeah, I, I understand where you get from. It's sort of like that way of how, like, you know, the imagery of how society wants to make sure that children are able to be acceptable to very various things out there but at the same time trying to sort of keep that sense of childhood behaviors within their minds sort of like you don't want to show a child like red asphalt you know uh you you know i'm what i'm trying to get at at the end of the day is you want to make sure that you want to have a real depiction of what's going on in reality instead of this very fluffy sort of everything is fine reality point of view to show someone because if you just show them that then by a really important age of their time uh, by a really important time of their age they will definitely view things 
much more weirder than you would imagine you know imagine well, with a filter definitely yeah, I mean, and filter, that's what you know? this movie does i think definitely. especially they they just they keep on romanticizing the relationship yeah. that is abusive inherently where she mm-hmm. like there are moments where it's like uh that moment you talked about with the acid mm-hmm. and everything uh would you, you would you die for me yeah. it's like what <laughs> like what? i mean i know that that is bad you know that that is bad yeah. but there are going to be some people who read into that at a vulnerable and uh, formative time in their life like these girls <laughs> these guys and they may exactly. very well especially at such ages too where they think that could be i mean and no realistically i mean i'm not gonna say realistically but for a broad term people will be like are you really sure that people are going to really take advice relationships from from a cartoon or i've seen movie? it yeah i've seen it Ex- okay yes. don't yes. even the, seen it. these movies honestly are so amazing and they're very impactful i mean look at the clone wars it's so depressing and it's just straight okay. up well CGI. we're not talking about star wars right now ah, don't even we try could, but we could don't try it <laughs> <laughs> Don't try it. You underestimate my Metachlorian account. Okay, so let's move on to the future. We've talked quite mm. a bit about Star... Uh, star past, Jesus Christ, so. Suicide Squad. <laughs> this is what we you do to me. Star Wars. <laughs> so, uh, we've talked quite a bit, but we're going to talk about the future. So the future of Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. We're getting a film this year after the Snyder Cut oh, comes yeah. out. Directed by Mr. James Gunn himself. And look at ah, this. Yes. So this Woo! is this is There's a my boy. picture. Not, he is. <laughs> not even showing everyone in the cast. This is definitely oh, yeah. more not people, more strange characters, more crazy things. And this, by all accounts, should be a train wreck. I'm hoping it's not. I don't think it will be. Uh, oh, yeah. Based on the movies that James Gunn has written and directed in the past, like mm-hmm. Super, Slither, Guardians of the Galaxies, Volumes 1 and 2, Mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to this. You... Oh, you skipped one. What, what did I skip? <laughs> I, I was talking about Brightburn. Oh, well, he, I mean, he but executive it... produced that. The, the, that don't care. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, right, stop, right, stop right. it, stop it, stop it. Right. So, I mean, it's still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not his movie, silly no, bastard. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, <laughs> anyway. So, you, you can't deny when watching the first Suicide Squad, it felt very reactionary to mm-hmm. something like Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a team of misfits that are a bit unhinged, a bit, they can get dark, they can get very adult with the humor, and they're goofy, right? So they decided to mimic that in their own way (laughs) with the first Suicide Squad. But now we're getting the guy who influenced their cinematic decision to make the sequel, or not even really a sequel, because it's called The Suicide, it's not Suicide Squad 2, it's The Suicide Squad. (laughs) Brian. What do you think about this? Well, obviously, James Gunn is making a hard-on move, saying, yo, this is the suicide. This is the... uh, (laughs) I'm really excited about this movie. I think it looks really great. And even if it does kind of mess up in a sort of disaster way, I feel like it's not. And I also have a big theory that in the very first half, half of these characters are going to be killed. Oh, he said no one... He James Gunn got carte blanche to kill anyone he wanted anyone anyone in this movie none of these people are safe 
None of these people. No, no. I definitely believe that half of these people are going to be murdered in the first, <laughs> like just the first five minutes. Very similar to uh, X Force within uh, Deadpool Two. With, oh, uh, no, don't say that. <laughs> don't um, say. I'm excited to see uh, James Gunn's brothers uh, <laughs> as Weasel. As the weasel, yeah. Um, I'm actually, I'm excited to see John Cena's character. I feel like they're really going to focus a lot on John Peacemaker. Cena's character. Yeah, Peacemaker and then Idris Elba. And then uh, I, I I, want to see a little bit more on uh, King Shark. I, I don't know if they will use him a whole lot because he is very fully CGI, which, you know, I, I like practical stuff, but I, oh, man, he looks so good. I love it. You know? <laughs> well, they got an insane cast here. I mean, they oh, have, yeah, they have, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, John Cena, yeah, Nathan Flula Fillion, <laughs> Flula Borg, Peter Capaldi, Sean Gunn, uh, Pete Davison, Jai Courtney, <laughs> Michael Rooker, uh, James Gunn staple. Like they have an insane cast. And this oh, yeah. this may be one of the best looking, just oh, no, aesthetically yeah, best looking films of the year already. Oh, yeah. I mean, that see what Flula Borg is wearing looks, it seems just some like Bible man or, <laughs> Bible man, yeah. or the, the uh, character Nathan play, Fillion plays in Super, the Jesus type mm-hmm. character. Like it looks mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, I, I'm so excited for that. I'm, oh, yeah, ready. Me too, I'm ready. I'm oh, ready. Yeah. <laughs> Polka Dot Man. I'm pop. <laughs> Polka Dot Man, yeah. Where do you think this may, hopefully, hopefully, I say, Mm-hmm. succeed where the last film didn't i feel that the thing that they're going to exceed most on is relationships and i feel and you may be thinking like oh there's a lot more people than in the last one uh, yeah. let's just be real they're just automatically going to see succeed, <laughs> succeed in everything because i mean the the bar is kind of very low um and james gunn's a pretty pretty damn awesome writer james, when it comes i know to that. james gunn is really amazing uh but you know like i said i feel like they're gonna with the whole cast i feel like they're definitely gonna kill off half of the entire cast in the very oh first God. five minutes or even 95 percent. how about that no yeah 95 yeah it's just gonna be john cena and, it's just uh, gonna because no one saw him no one saw him yeah no one could find him so <laughs> no one saw peacemaker <laughs> but uh no i definitely think they're going to cut off immediately half of the cast in the very few couple minutes and then the rest is going to be devoted towards the relationship of how these characters sort of act we're going to see in very situational things where each very similar to a video game you know you 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 sport you sort of spec your skills into one thing that oh this will help me in this area you know right if i want double jump i'll put double jump so i can <laughs> jump on trees so i feel like there'll be definitely situations where there's sort of like oh pocket polka dot man to, could do this or peacemaker can do this in this one area and then they'll be killed off in that one area or just the right next, there you know? <laughs> it'll be if anything, this reminds me of Cube. And I don't know if you know about the movie Cube, Julius. No, I don't uh, think so. Oh, well, Cube, for those who don't know, it is a cubic, uh, it is a movie about people in a prison in a large cube. And each cube has a different room and a different set of challenges. And so the people um, go into these different rooms and sometimes they die, sometimes they don't. And so sometimes they learn that, oh, if I put a shoe within this room, then it will blow up and I don't die. Or if I put a shoe in this room, then I'll be saved. And then I could go into the next room and save this shoe. You know, it's a very sort of, oh, each room will be a testament to who abilities will get them to live the longest. Oh, you know, I see. It's, it's that escape room film. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm hoping we get that type of panic within this film, because this is obviously going to be a movie where a lot of people die. From what I understand, the main antagonist or the the opposing force is Starro, uh, who's the giant cosmic starfish who mind controls people, (laughs) which I am so down for. That sounds freaking amazing. I was going to say, thinking of Starro, I'm thinking of Robot Chicken. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Can it be? That this giant starfish's heart was touched. <laughs> oh my goodness. Outrageous. So I'm no, very excited. It's, for it's that. Batman flying through a Green Lantern boat through Star Star's <laughs> eye. <laughs> Goodbye, Moon Man. <laughs> okay. The next right. we, we're actually gonna talk now about how this does oh, really? tie into the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. This is the journey to mm-hmm. the Snyder Cut, Brian. So we have to discuss how this will interact whether it be thematically or with characters now there is one character Mm. from the suicide squad that is appearing within this film Ooh, and it's your boy society society (laughs) (laughs) oh man jared leto is coming back to play the joker within the snyder cut in the night or not the nightfall the um the nightmare mm-hmm. portions of the film yes how do you feel about this he's obviously looking much different he's acting very different already very, yes uh, how do you feel about seeing jared leto's joker in the movie oh, man uh besides from it being a big meme and feeling <laughs> like this was not real um or it was a fever dream Society. i <laughs> Uh, it's very weird from how he would sort of approach the character, but I definitely do prefer the look. Uh, if anything, he kind of reminds me of The Crow uh, with uh, mm, Brandon with uh, Lee. Brandon Lee. Yeah. yeah, with Brandon Lee from from almost uh, from afar, you know. Of, of course, close up, he does kind of look like, you know, looks like Jared Leto probably on right. a Sunday. Uh, <laughs> or like Jared Leto going through the woods naked, you know. In his hole. Uh, in his hole, yeah. And right. Putting rats in people's lockers well hey man look uh, he's he's got no damage on his forehead so it's already you know got yeah. points for me it's all good no little teardrop got, yeah no teardrop none none of that uh ha 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 tattoos yeah. on his went face. the laser point surgery oh yeah the laser none of that 24 karat diamond in his i mean right now forehead. he looked kind of cracked out so he had to get oh, those diamonds uh, to, i definitely uh if we're talking about connection within both the the new suicide new suicide squad and within the nightmare uh dream uh, that batman has with uh jared leto's new depiction of the joker uh i feel that the connection is sort of this uh it's almost very and it's gonna sound weird but you know i think it's very similar to sort of batman looking into the future within infinite earths you know maybe there is a different earth where there is a very light-hearted sort of view on the dceu you know and maybe a shazam could be oh, a part please. of that earth and then i would if, hope so uh, i would hope so uh you know and everything has a little bit difference you know maybe star star is uh, is the main villain compared to uh dark side stefan wolf or dark side yeah, or, <laughs> uh but no i definitely think it's uh it's in reference to a feature to how the avengers was doing the whole thing about um you know with wandavision and with dr strange how uh, but at a much more quicker pace than i would sort of very your, much enjoy your preferred you know? 
yeah, well, I would prefer because in Marvel, you know, it took years, you know, from 2008 to sort of that to 2015 where they were just making reference of like, oh, you know, we're getting into there's different sort of sides of this and stuff like different that. worlds and stuff. Different, yeah. yeah. And then within the DCEU, it's very new and very quick. Uh, but you know what? They're well, kind they had of no catching, choice. Let's no, be honest. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're catching up, you know, uh, to Marvel, but I, at the same time, I want them to take their pace, you know. Okay, but, but Brian, what do you think of the guy. Joker? <laughs> Oh no, I love the Joker. Jesus, you, you know me, Julius. So I love get a movie. straight answer out of you. <laughs> hey, Brian, what's joke. two plus two? Oh well, if you look at if you well, look at well, math you, uh, in general, you can get quantum physics out of this. Society. I'm a very talkative nerd. Yeah, uh, well, you maybe you should talk about what I'm asking, man. <laughs> uh, no, I like the I like the new look uh, for Jared Leto. I like that. I like the design that doesn't look really bad. Uh, well, I, it reminds think... me of something you'd see in like amnesia or uh, yeah. uh, Bioshock, like with the surgeons, very mm, bloody. Yeah. Or like, uh, take like on a it. character from like Dead Space or something. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, I think his, his voice, I think, is already better. He's not oh, doing no, yeah. some wigger <laughs> ass. He looks, like, he looks like someone from Resident Evil Biohazard. <laughs> yeah, he actually does. <laughs> Welcome to the swamps, Welcome boy. To- <laughs> Welcome to the swamps. So I'm hoping that he's good. What do you think of the line we live in the society? I was actually <laughs> I was actually shot hurt when I saw it. I was like shocked. I was like, wait, did he actually just say we live in a society? Yeah, when I was the saw first that, thing I, I thought of. Yeah. Uh, when you showed me that trailer, I was like, wait, did I hear we live in a society? We in live in a society. <laughs> society. <laughs> Batman. Where honor <laughs> is a distant memory. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I definitely, I think Zack Snyder is knowing why he's putting that line in there for a, for a, for a good little laugh in there from the fans. Um, I, I don't know. I can't, I don't know if it's going to be that major within the film role. I think it's just going to be like a sort of side note where Batman has this sort of spiritual journey, very similar to the uh, Justice League, you know, where he goes through this sort of very thinkative process of like, oh, you know, Superman and stuff like that. But instead, it's going to be a little bit more expanded upon like sort of his own personal fears about like what is good and what is bad, you know, and how the depiction of good from Superman is sort of was bad within his nightmare. Maybe this one, we might see the depiction of bad of Jared Leto's uh joker, joker as yeah. good within his nightmare sort of seeing this sort of contrast within that joker was saying how like society uh <laughs> could have been fixed if batman did this you know if batman right. sort of did you know if batman did kill which i mean he does in this newer universe in the movie yeah he's, <laughs> he's kill- well that's maybe, funny maybe, What's, well, maybe that- he tells him don't kill <laughs> oh get your okay right so What's funny about this is that it is a world nightmare where Batman is killing more, I guess. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the conversation comes up of that, oh, Batman, you're a killer now. You've turned into mm-hmm. what you fought against. You turned into mm-hmm. me. We are not different anymore. We're allies mm-hmm. now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm almost certain that the Joker and him will be allies within this nightmare world where Darkseid and Superman are taking care of the business. And I'm waiting to see how I feel about that when mm-hmm. I watch the film. Because for mm-hmm. me, seeing Batman and Joker team up is just not something I... I've seen it in cartoons before and everything, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm not even down with it really there. But <laughs> well, So we'll see how it works in an actual feature film. In a film, yeah. Uh, 
I'm hoping the writing, it it is going to be the first time we see Ben Affleck's Batman interact with Jared Leto's Joker. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping it's iconic. Mm -hmm. The bar has been really raised. You've had Christian Bale and Heath Ledger and Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. I want something really powerful when I see Batman and Joker meet up. So the fact that this Batman is one who uses an assault rifle, who is willing to do what it takes to fight evil. He just shoots him. He's straight up here in society and he just shoots him. He'll probably just shoot him, especially if this Joker is the one who killed his Robin. Mm. Uh, I'm hoping that is brought up as well, because as we know, Robin was killed off screen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All we saw was a suit. What do we do with a fan beloved character? Kill him off screen and don't explain any relationship towards it. Right. So I'm hoping that's brought up here. If anything, it'd be really cool if we saw a reference to Red Hood, you know, maybe, maybe. Uh, that'd be, you know, I, I would love to watch that, a, a live action of Red Hood. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. A rated no. R version, you know, they could really do anything similar to the choreography of The Punisher, you know. Maybe, man, you never know. Maybe. Let me ask you about another cut, okay? Ah, yes. One that's different than the Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. It's something that fans are asking for Mm. the director is asking for Mm. and maybe it could just happen Mm. it is the a or cut of suicide squad oh wow so (laughs) because suicide squad was edited the way it was edited Mm -hmm. people have been clamoring for an a or cut as a matter of fact david ayer himself has come out and said i want one of those (laughs) so are you interested in this? What do you think could be different? And would you want to see it? Uh, I would definitely like to see it, you know. Um, very, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I hate the, these cut things and stuff like that because I feel like it's so, the corporations are so like really diminishing on the creativity of what the directors and what the writing team really wants to release and stuff. Right. I feel like they would just allow them to sort of release it from the very beginning instead of having us as the fans sort of, Straight up just cry for like three years for them to finally release one cut for uh, but here's my thing man mm -hmm. what why are these why are they making like four hour films (laughs) it's like you know you're not going to be able to be put that in the theater (laughs) true like the theaters they're trying to be the godfather of d they will lose money the theaters will lose like you can't you can only show it so many times in a day That's not too many concessions being sold, man. Like, why do you know this? But it definitely works now for a streaming service. uh, Right, yeah. Because, you know, with COVID and stuff like that, and that's the one sad reality within the sort of losing of movie theaters is now people are much more willing to watch a lot of things in longer periods of time, you know? Like, I just straight up watched all of Attack on Titan in less than one day. (laughs) So, like... I feel like a lot of people could binge watch a lot of the Marvel movies and a lot of yeah. the Marvel stuff in like a good week, you know? Of course, of course they could. And it it would make sense too. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, uh, I agree with you in that. The yeah. cuts definitely from be, a financial, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, well, hold, definitely. well, hold on, hold on. Because I, I do yeah. agree with you. I'm trying to agree mm-hmm. with you, man. You I'm what? sorry, I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hey, I agree with you. Oh, but, 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 but then again, uh, but when it comes to these cuts, I feel like there's an attitude that comes around with it. Like, for instance, uh, Batman vs. Superman, right? It got mm-hmm. the ultimate edition. And then that came out and people were hailing. See, it's good now. This is it. This is it. It's like, well, am I a sucker? Because I paid for the movie in theaters. <laughs> like, So you're basically calling me a sucker, right? 
which is kind of how I feel about this Snyder Cut business, because that's obviously like you had two directors, two visions clashing. Mm-hmm. People paid for it in theaters. People are paying for HBO Max to see this shit. It's like, man, the fans are really being toyed with when it comes to these cuts. Why don't yeah. you release them on the DVDs or the Blu-rays when when that happens? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, why are you messing with the fans, dude? Exactly. And and these fans need to hold themselves responsible as well. It's like, stop praising these studios that are doing this in the first place. Exactly. Us, you know? Yeah. My goodness. I know. It's so annoying. <laughs> Imagine, <laughs> they're like, release the Godzilla cut, and it's just... <laughs> what? Of, of, of the Golden Gun- Emmerich of, film? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why don't, you re- why don't you release it so I can it's like more, It's, like, that. slightly less darker, and there's, like, one more minute of oh, Godzilla. <laughs> it's gonna... No, dude. It's gonna be, like, more scenes of those uh, Roger Ebert and Gene Susskull characters. <laughs> and we actually get one more minute of, uh, what was it, uh, Bill Cranston's character... <laughs> Oh, oh, you're talking about the 2014. I thought you were talking about the oh, uh, no, 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 uh, yeah. the Matthew yeah. Broderick one. The Matthew. <laughs> and, Bill, and Billy Cranston is a Power Ranger, not Heisenberg, you bastard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Billy Cranston. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, we did it, man. We talked about we the, did it. the, uh, the <laughs> Suicide Squad the, air, yeah. cut air cut in the yeah. journey to the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. We're on our way to the films we actually enjoy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I slightly enjoy it more. I Suicide guess. Squad. Yeah, slightly. You know, well, it's that's, like a five that's out of cool, ten. Man. That's yeah. that's you, man. That's cool. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy that you enjoy it. I'm happy that the people who enjoy it enjoy it. Enjoy, you know, yeah. I wouldn't want yeah. to convince any, or at of least course. go out of my way to argue with someone mm-hmm. like you're wrong. Like you're that's, wrong. No, yeah, that's a waste of time. Come on. No, yeah. But Brian, you are wrong. Oh, um, aside from just about you know <laughs> things um <laughs> about everything you know? about everything including this uh but brian are you excited my last question is are you excited for the snyder cut coming out on I'm march 18th excited. oh are oh, you super ready. excited oh yeah i am jesus well what 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 grabs you uh i know that people don't really like the whole long hour stuff i like the long hour stuff because they you know, I get to see more of the vision of the sort of director and what the writing team and what they want to sort of do. I also did not really enjoy the Justice League movie. Mm. Uh, I thought it could have been really better what they were trying to go for. You know, I mean, when I when it came out, I was like, oh, they're trying to do Avengers already. Okay, I guess. I, I, you you want to do at least like two more independent films and so you can get on that sort of list. You know, they right. at least showed Thor and Captain America before they went straight away. I mean, they straight up just did... <laughs> they should have just did Man of Steel and then just and yes. then versus Superman, which is just Civil War, and then they just did Justice League. Well, and then Suicide Squad and, and Suicide then Wonder Squad, Woman. Yeah, and then Wonder Woman, yeah. yeah. Um I don't know. I, I didn't really enjoy it that time. So hopefully it subverts my expectations for this new one. Um I'll have to definitely watch the original one first and then do a much more better review on that on myself putting some notes and some very key specific things like I hated or what I really enjoyed and then compare that within the second movie and see what I enjoyed better. I mean, already Seth Wolf, I'm already loving the, just from the trailer so far. Uh, I mean, CGI, you know, you know, my points on CGI don't like it, but when it's needed, it's needed and it looks great. Man, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's great, man. I'm but that dark side CGI though, that looks like a rock'em sock'em robot. No, what you showed. Me. What in the latest trailer? Yeah, that. Latest I thought it one. looked way better than what they had in the previous trailer. Oh yeah. I, wait, what was that one that we were making fun of uh, a good night ago or something like that? Well, I showed you the recent trailer where Joker oh. in it. 
Oh no no uh the one where it was like you had it like in stop motion where dark side was like this. Oh that was not that was a fan thing. Oh never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well I'm you know you you guys know where I'm coming from. We're gonna continue, we're gonna talk about other films, believe it or not, throughout <laughs> this whole thing. I'm excited to do so and get ready because we will be talking. I think the next one is gonna be Wonder Woman mm. and uh we'll see what happens. So guys. Thank you so much for listening. Brian, where can the people find you? <laughs> of course. Well, people, you can find me on Instagram at the real Brian Curry, uh, of course. And then you can also find me on YouTube. Um, don't don't subscribe to my channel. I don't do anything <laughs> on there. But if you do want to check me out. You can find out, me here, but I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> uh, VideoWarrior51. Uh, and then you can find me here as a guest uh, speaker uh, at the Goat Movie Podcast. Please guest commentator. Yes, of course. Comment, slash commentator. Uh, you <laughs> hit that like button subscribe to julius's channel it's really amazing Please. uh Please. both him and angel do some amazing reviews and some really great work on here and it's amazing oh thank you brian i appreciate that yeah. you're still fired oh, yeah remember and, uh, folks we're trying to get to number two we gotta be uh we have to beat the joe rogan experience Okay, and, you can uh, stop the right darkest there. timeline podcast. We don't talk. We don't talk that. <laughs> we talk about. Please, guys, subscribe so we can get to ten thousand subscribers. And once we do, maybe, just maybe, we'll get mm. a goat cut. Ooh. And, and then I don't know what it'll be of, but it'll be of something. <laughs> guys, have a good one. Stay Rele- safe. <laughs> Release the Wait, goat cut now. Would you? Would you let me? No, never. Would you let me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Stay safe and good. The GOAT Podcast is proof you don't have to look any further for movie news, reviews, trailer reactions, or special discussions. Subscribe, get notified about what's going on, and I promise you'll be entertained by our daily content on YouTube. If you want more, we're on Twitter at GOAT Film Podcast, Instagram The GOAT Podcast, and The GOAT Movie Group on Facebook. Get connected with us, see what's happening, and make sure to love it while you're doing so.